chapter five, part two. Okay, so I went over the body brokers and what was going on, all these nefarious rehabs and what they were doing. And uh, then I went into what happened as a result of that. And uh, if you ever wanna know how much power the insurance companies have, realize that when they caught wind of this, all of a sudden, Congressional hearings are being done. The FBI is kicking down doors of rehabs and going through them for, you know, and, and it's funny because it's it's less about, oh, these people are being really mistreated here. And this is sort of like a human rights, we're, we're going in to protect the people because there's human rights violations that are happening. No, it was because insurance companies were losing money because people were billing fraudulently. And uh, so anyway. When they, when they were losing money, all of a sudden everybody woke up. So yeah, there were congressional hearings on this. There were laws passed about this and they, they responded in force. And, and I get it. Like, I, to be honest, they have a right to not be being billed fraudulently. They have a right to understand that the people that are delivering the care that they are paying for are delivering the correct care. I don't have any argument with that. If I ran an insurance company, I would be pissed too, and I would respond with all the power that I had, including lobbying Congress or, or whatever. So there is no blame on them for this, for doing what they did. What I do blame them is that they basically threw the baby out with the bathwater. And what I mean by that was they made it very, very difficult to run rehabs and to get paid for delivering rehab services. And when I say they, realized that every insurance company is different and they all responded in their own ways. And so I, I, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm generalizing things here. I'm also not going to mention any insurance company by name for obvious reasons. Anyway, so to somebody who was not involved in these nefarious practices or doing the billing of the urine and all these kinds of things, we just had a really difficult time out of nowhere being paid for delivering our program. Luckily, we were we were still fairly heavily weighted cash pay, private pay. So we weren't 100% reliant upon insurance because if we were, we probably would have gone out of business because it just made it very, very difficult. And what do I mean by very difficult? I mean that they would argue everything it felt like. This person came into the program. Oh, well, you didn't. You, when when he came in, you didn't do this. You didn't dot this I in this particular place on his paperwork when he came in. So we're not going to pay you anything. Or we don't believe this person needs to be in inpatient treatment. We're going to drop him to outpatient treatment. We're not paying for inpatient or whatever. They just made it very, very difficult to get paid. And I would imagine that the people with very deep pockets. Wall Street backed or whatever, were able to hire attorneys and able to hire consultants and things like that. They would that would then turn around and go after the insurance companies and say, no, you're going to pay us because we're doing A, B, and C correctly. And that's what your policy says that we need to do. So they probably made it out okay. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the mom and pop uh, rehabs, for lack of a better word, the smaller companies, the ones that didn't have the deep pockets, really, really struggled. And uh, being one of those uh, smaller rehabs, even though I the Elevate is fairly large uh, relative to many rehabs in the country, but it is not backed by any investors by private equity. We're still we still control our own destiny. 
However, we don't have those kinds of funds to be able to deploy. So we struggled uh, during that time a lot, and we did make it through it, and things have gotten a little bit better, but it's still not great, to be honest. We still have to fight a lot to get paid. It would have been much better for the insurance companies to say, hey, the fraud has to stop, guys. Help us stop the fraud and try to and try to get the quote-unquote good rehabs, the ones that were doing things right, on their team and say, we're going to have a vetting process. If, you, if you've never had any of these violations, if we trust you, we, you are on our you know, in our good graces, we'll pay you quickly and easily. We will try to refer business to you. And we are going to try to have these other places either, you know, they're going to give them a hard time, either getting them shut down or getting them to reform or whatever they have to do. That would have been the right thing to do. I don't know that the insurance companies necessarily care about the mom and pop rehabs and if they were doing okay or not. I think they looked at the whole industry and said, this is crazy. And we're, we're going to just, we're going to do something about it. So a lot of people got hurt by that. And many, many rehabs went under many that should have gone under because they were doing bad things. And a lot of when those laws passed and the quote unquote, easy money of body brokering and doing all these things was no longer possible. Many places just shut down and moved on to some other industry, which is great. They should not be in the industry. So that was a positive for it. Another thing that I do recall at this time, which was, which was interesting, was I had hold, heard, excuse me, I'd heard that both Google and Amazon were getting into the behavioral health space. And I remember reading stuff about that online thinking, wow, okay, if Google is going to get into the rehab industry, they are going to dominate, right? They have deep pockets or Amazon, either one of them do. And they also have a lot of political pull. And for somebody like me, mom and pop rehab, how are we going to compete with an Amazon or a Google who is probably offering services to people as well as have the insurance company guys, the, the, the owners of the insurance companies in their corner. These guys all go out and they play golf together and, you know, do deals and things like that. I thought, wow, okay, this is going to be intense to have to try to compete with this. I'm already trying to compete with rehabs that are backed by private equity companies that have basically a blank checkbook to be able to grow, outmarket their competition, do whatever, whatever they have to do. And now I've got to compete with Google and Amazon. I don't actually know what ended up happening to that. I don't know if they decided not to get into the drug rehab space specifically or if they're doing it in a different way. Uh, I have not read much about it. Uh, forgive me if there are articles about it that I've not followed up on. I'm not an expert in this. I just remember at that time, that's what was going on. So to my knowledge, that has not happened yet. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure if the project was dropped. Uh, maybe, maybe they could find more profits elsewhere. I would imagine a software company would have a lot easier time making profits out of building software than treating people who are addicted. Maybe it was, they just looked at the labor costs that it would be too hard to do that and to, to make a lot of uh, money doing that. And maybe they realized it was, um, it was different than their business model, which, which it would be, uh, you know, there are definitely ways I believe that treatment can be enhanced through software. 
So I would encourage software engineers to do work in this in this space. And I believe there there is a lot of innovations that are coming out that, we, like, for example, with wearable technology, like Fitbits and things like that, that can help track vitals of people remotely and things like that, that can be useful and helpful in rehab. Those things are, are good. Uh, perhaps these companies decided not to, that they didn't want to deliver medical care to addicted people, which I think is probably a smart move if that's what happened. Anyway, uh, that's what happened with that great body brokering and, and, and fraudulent part of the treatment history. I think it kind of wound up, if I could, I don't know, I'm just off the top of my head, I'm thinking around 2018 or so, 2019, they, they, they really, they really hit hard and then it, and then it kind of, kind of got through it. Now it's, it's, it's sort of getting back to business as usual. It's still hard to work with insurance companies, but, uh, the, the attack on treatment, although we're still seen as probably a thorn in the side of insurance companies by being addiction treatment providers, uh, they're not necessarily at war with us the way they were before. 